<laughs> what up, y'all? It's good to be back. <laughs> good, man. What's up? Yeah. Yeah, what's up? My name's Chris. I uh play drums at a band called Body Snatcher and I'm a record producer and a heavy music scene, hardcore metal type scene. And uh yeah, been doing this for the past twenty years now. Dude, it's crazy. Played my played played my first show in two thousand two, dude. I was uh fourteen. Yeah. I'm about to be thirty-five. Yeah. Oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was like, uh, uh, Adam had started a band, uh, Adam was my brother, by the way, and he had started a band and he was three years older than me. And then, uh, the drummer that wrote songs with them was in another band and that band started touring and stuff. And, you know, Adam was still in high school and basically my summer coming out of eighth grade going into freshman year he was like hey you gotta learn how to play drums and then i played a show two weeks later <laughs> oh let me fix it and there we go now a hey, dark knight thank you dark knight dark knight we have dark knight in the chat thank you so much dark knight for hearing that uh so back to what you were saying um what was it with drums? Like, what, 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 what was like? Was it guitar or anything? Like, what was it that was like? I'm gonna learn drums. Uh, I played bass first, like through middle school and stuff. And there was always a drum kit at my house because my dad played drums in like a cover band. And so, like, I always knew how to do like your typical fucking four four beat, you know, and. Um, that was like, I mean, when I was a kid, I learned how to do that in like a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like easy, you know? And then when my brother needed a drummer for his band, he was like, hey, you can like kind of play drums. Just listen to this and learn how to do what this guy's doing. You know? And I was like, all right. And then I just literally listened to it and tried to mimic what this other person was doing. And then, yeah, played my first show after two weeks. Uh, I, I've tried to play drums. I can get by with it sometimes, but I give y'all some some props because I'm. I mean, like, like how do you like? Was it hard at first? Like you know, like you're going here, and then your foot. When you start putting it all together, man, to me, I'm just like, I got rhythm, but that shit's just hard. 
<laughs> I, I learned how to play drums. I started with a double kick pedal. So it was like, it was just because I started with a double kick pedal, I feel like the it was just easier for me because I was forced to separate all limbs instantly. So you just went in middle, like you like you just started metal as fuck, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> coordination awesome. was all there for you because when I touch the drums, I am 0% coordinated. It is fucking <laughs> awful. I skateboarded too, and I feel like skateboarding was a lot of like your feet are doing such different things, so I felt like that helped me a lot too. Definitely. Like, right. like, isn't it funny how things change? Like, you know, not, you bring up skateboarding. Skateboards always had kind of like been really tied to like that punk, hardcore kind of metal. But then you yeah. also have like that that hip hop roots that it's with. But, yep. uh, so it's crazy. It's a mixture of that. So with that being said, you introduced some other things. So I want to, man, so um, tell us a little about Body Snatcher. Like, how long have uh, y'all been a band for? Where are y'all from? You know, like, what are some things that are going on right now with the band? Yeah, uh, the band started, like, I think the band started, like, late 2015, and I wasn't touring or anything at the time. I was just running, I was just doing the recording studio full-time, and um, the band came in and recorded, so I'm not, I'm not an original member. Me, our guitar player, and our bass player, we all joined the band at the beginning of 2018. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so the, the only original member is the, is the vocalist. So the, I recorded the band's first full-length album, and they ended up getting signed, and they did, like, their first, like, larger tour. And, um, hold on a second. Turn this shit out. Um, <clears throat> they did, like, their first larger tour, and most of the band members ended up ended up disbanding after that tour it was just like to what uh, uh the guitar player he now plays bass in spite and the drummer he stopped touring for a little bit and then now he plays drums in a band called extortionist and so they had one guitar player left it was just a guitar one guitar player and a singer and then they were like oh we want to put out a song so people don't think that, like the band's done you know so i was like all right oh uh, i'll write all the drum parts and record it and you know and then we did it and i was like oh shit i was like all right i like this i'll i'll start touring again you know and then we did a tour and there the one guitar player left ended up quitting after that tour and it's just, he was just going through a lot of mental health issues and stuff. And um, so I got my, my buddy Kyle Carter to uh, to play guitar. And I got my buddy Kyle Shope, who played bass in a band called Float Bass Down, to play bass. Good band, by the way. Very good band, by the way. Yeah, Float Face Down is the fucking shit. And our guitar player, he, he was in a... Um, uh, is there a way I can mute, mute that other camera? Yeah, hold on. There he did. He muted. Oh. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, he, he has a little guy right around that. Yeah. Right, go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's all good. Um, so uh, Kyle Carter, he also played guitar in a band called Beacons. They're like a deathcore band, like like 2013. Uh, and then he also played in a band called Dealy Blaza with me. And, um, so yeah, and it, we just kind of, 
built the band up with members who had been used to touring and members who had played in the genre for a while and knew, knew what they were doing and knew what they wanted to, to accomplish. And ever since that, like, so basically, like, ever since, like, that early 2018, the band's just, like, been on a steady incline. You know, we just been, it's just been growth constantly. It's been really awesome. That's a, man, that, that's, it's, it's, it's crazy how things work, right? How, you know, you talk about how, you know, the singer's original member, you know, you go from recording them and this, and then now look where you guys are at. All the success yeah. you guys have done. Um, if I'm correct, you guys just, y'all just got off a run, didn't y'all? With, uh, with um, was it Hayley <clears throat> and some other bands that you were on there? Yeah, we just did. So, uh, no, uh, October, November, we did the uh, Perseverance 20-year anniversary tour with Hatebreed. And then directly from that we flew straight to europe we got to be home for about 24 hours and oh, then wow. yeah and then we we flew straight to europe and did europe with uh with chelsea Grin and carnifex and then we got home uh we got home on the december 22nd so like right before christmas damn so yeah i gotta, I gotta ask you know so being on tour with a band like Hate Breed, who you know, those are Hate Breed. You know, it's fucking, Hate Breed, dude. It's fucking that's Hate like, Breed. Yeah, it, that's it, like my only goal in life was a tour with Hate Breed. So like, I, mean, I can hang it up now. You know. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, you know what? I'm done. I went with Hate Breed. I'm done. I'm just hang up everything. I'm good to go. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So how was that? You know, I have to ask. Like, how was that? Like, I mean, I've met them a few times. You know, at shows. You know, like you go up there. You hey, can I get an autograph? You talk to them. You know, Jamie dude. and all those dudes were cool. Like, I. I expect they're all cool dudes. The out of honestly, out of any headlining band, like because you know we do we've done a lot of support tours where we're you know we're one of the opening bands on the tour, and nine times out of ten, everybody's really cool. You know what I mean? Sometimes people have like a little bit of a, of an ego, you know, and they're just like ah whatever. But Hatebreed was for the size that they are the. The, the band that they are, just like what they've done for the scene and zero egos whatsoever. Like there was nights where the stage would be fucking 30 feet wide. You know what I mean? Like like stage is huge. And their drummer would take his drums off and be like, oh, I, wa I want you guys to play on a drum riser tonight. I'm like, what the fuck? Dude? <laughs> like, well, there's too much room up here. We don't, you don't need to take your drums off, you know? And he was just like, he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> and they would watch us, like Frank, the guitar player, he watched us play every night, dude. So, like, I don't know. It was awesome. Very, very cool down-to-earth guys. It, it was, uh, it, it really, um, it really changed how I want to act whenever the time comes for my band to be at their level. You know what I mean? Like, I really... A lot, a lot of times, I'd be like, "Oh, I can't, I can't wait for the, for the days where I can leave my drum set up." You know what I mean? Which, like, if the stage is big enough, uh, I don't give a fuck, you know. But it's like, it's cool to be able to say, "Oh, if there's not 15 feet in front of the drum riser, I'm gonna let the, I'm gonna let the opening bands play on the drum riser." You know, and it's just like little things like that, like change the way that I know I'm gonna act for. You know, whenever my band gets to that point, I want, I want to, I want to be as 
humble and respectful to every single person that's on on the road with me. You know, man, that's 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 fucking awesome, Chris. That is amazing. And then you think about it, like you said, it's Hatebreed. It's a band like you know, there are countless bands that have really, you know, bridged that gap between the underground and the mainstream. We can name so many. Okay, mm-hmm. but you think of Hatebreed, you think of that band that is like, you know. When they first started, it was hardcore shows, and then as they got bigger, you go to a show. You got hardcore kids. You got fucking Slayer. <laughs> you, got, you got you know fucking Slayer fans. You know what I mean? And it's fucking awesome. So, yeah, for them to be like that to y'all and be that cool, that that says a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was awesome. So you know, so with that being said, so I'm I'm kind of keeping up with chat. Uh, we got Gio in the house. Gio in the Yeti, Yeti in the fucking house. Grizz, the other Canadian bastards in the house. Uh, I will be taking Millie's side. Uh, his his son was on one. That's a that's that's the <laughs> one thing about us. We 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 do these podcasts because we love it. We love interacting with people. We love making content. But we also have kids. So you know sometimes you know it is it is Anthrax. Anthrax. Would you like to go on tour with Anthrax? Somebody said in the chat. Well, I would love to tour with Anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> that's a given. <laughs> oh wait oh we have a question so rival is the man so we have the recap network like i told you and then we have a mm-hmm. guy who started all this his name is rival and he has a question he says is it true jamie can rap uh, you know? i i have not i've not heard him rap but i don't see why he wouldn't be able to i'm sure he could oh he went to rap man and then you can do anything and uh <laughs> i can say there's been numerous bands that you know of when you first start off as a young band and you're just local, you're gonna cover a hate breed song. Like Dude, we covered a hate breed song. <laughs> oh, which one did y'all cover? Body Snatcher has a cover of Smash Your Enemies on oh. Spotify. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? It, uh, the two bands that, that that people are always going to, in my opinion, idolize or or there's numerous ones that bridge that gap is gonna be hate breed and you know rest of soul is is going to be black dahlia you know? yep and i would say lamb of god as well yeah lamb of god is too yeti oh yeti in the chat says it's a great fucking cover chris uh oh thank you yeah yeah so yeah so so who, okay so now i got we got chats popping right now so we have dark knight stalker gaming as he wants to know chris uh who else have you loved touring besides hatebreed so I know you toured with lots of bands, but he wants yeah, to know yeah. who are some that you, you know, that, that else that you've really had the pleasure of touring with. As far as like bands that are, that are like on a, that way bigger level than we are. Um, definitely dying fetus. Awesome. Dudes. Oh, dude. Dying. Man. They were one of like, you know, they've been one of, one of my favorite bands for such a long time. Like, you know, people can talk shit about, about, deathcore because it's gotten it's gotten cringy or whatever you know what i mean but like you know dying fetus was one of the first death metal bands to implement hardcore riffs in their music and if and if you're a dying fetus fan and you say you don't like hardcore you're fucking lying to yourself because that 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 band is literally they they started that shit and uh i've always loved that band there's the dopest dudes to tour with super down to earth it was it was awesome and i think every city you go to whatever show you if if dying fetus is on tour and people know they're coming to that city it's gonna be fucking hectic and you're correct 
they started yeah. they start i've i've had this talk with my drummer david who you know who's your good friend oh, yeah. as well and he said the same thing he's like a lot of people don't realize this hybrid genre that started in the years ago and got big in the early mid 2000s now a lot, if you listen to dying a lot of it comes from dying fetus those a riffs, lot of, a lot of dude, it is you know they literally have like like terror style riffs in in their music you know what i mean and it's yeah they 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 really did i think bridge that gap and they've always brought hardcore bands on tour with them as well yeah and and, and so and what's that tell you and that's what i tell people and and i think that's the biggest problem you know when you go to shows you know you're and you know this it's never going to change it's going to be divided you're going to have metal kids on this side hardcore kids on this side and i bands like that i think are just so much influential because they they bridge that gap to where it's like man mm -hmm. you can like him all like everyone can like him. yeah yeah the tour that we did with them was like such a mixed bill it was dying fetus and then it was chelsea grin and then it was us and then it was uh uh the band undeath who's been crushing lately they're like they're like one of the one of the only real death metal like new bands that's a real death metal band that's been coming out you know there's a lot of bands coming out right now that are like they say they're a death metal band but like it's not real death metal it's some fake shit but uh um uh, and then frozen soul was on that as well so that was like such a mixed genre bill you know what i mean and it, it, that, and that tour crushed it was awesome man that that, that is that's man see couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself you know and, and and going forward with that talking about music you're talking about sound you're talking about dying fetus you know they they started this sound they do this I think, and I know a lot of other people think the same thing. Y'all have a very distinct sound. There are bands that have y'all sound, and I yeah. per and I personally have heard numerous bands, but there's just little nuances and little things that you guys do that you can say like, you know what, this band may sound like that, but you know, Body Snatcher's doing it better. Body Snatcher has that sound. So like, what drives y'all to make the music with the distinct sound that y'all have? And then, like, what's that writing process like? I don't even honestly know. Like, I know what you mean because, like, I we see we hear bands come out that like that that try to mimic the sound. You know what I mean? But I think that that kind of what sets us apart is the fact that we were all in, in like the we were all in deathcore bands when deathcore first started. You know what I mean? And when deathcore first started, it was hardcore kids playing a heavier version of hardcore you know what i mean it was like it was hardcore kids that got into death metal as well and it was like in a sense meant to be mosh music i guess yeah. but still a little bit more technical and a little bit more aggressive and i feel like a lot of the newer bands that are doing it they didn't grow up in the 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 extremely aggressive show era like the the i'm fearing for my life while i'm at this show era you know what i mean and and that's i don't know that's just like what we all loved about going to shows was that it was dangerous it was like music that that was that 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 made crowds do wild shit and that's that's what we want like like if there's a if there's a part in a song where you're just like oh this part's okay you know or like this part's all right on album, but live probably wouldn't be that cool. Like we, we want to write music that's for a live show. That's that makes you 
want to be aggressive, you know. And on top of that, a lot of deathcore bands now they they have lyrical content that's about made up scenarios or, or fictional things, and and we try to keep the lyrics still in a hardcore perspective to where the lyrics are still about real life things like real shit that we go through and things that are relatable to most people you know no and and, and that that's beautiful because to me i'm a big fan of uh as an artist life imitating art or, or art art imitating life is always going to yeah. be the best thing because yeah music i feel is is you're going to take your struggles you're going to take your 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 ups, your downs, your good, your bad. You know, and yeah, as a musician, yeah. that's how you're gonna voice it. You know what I mean? And making the music. And also being that said, we got rival in the chat says, I've said next to seeing my kids born, that seeing a crowd move to the music you're making is the biggest high in the world, hands down. Yep, a hundred percent. Dude, no 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 drug will ever make you feel the same way. Exactly. And I've done a lot. I've done a lot of drugs. <laughs> he did. He says, I've done a lot of hey, not not anymore. But he's, uh, but he's seasoned in partying is what he means. Yeah, he's I've been I've, I've been seasoned for <laughs> sure. He's been seasoned, but but yeah, there's nothing like a, like, and you could play a cover song and have a crowd go crazy, and it doesn't feel right. If you're playing your own music and you see a crowd go fucking nuts, there's nothing more satisfying in the world. No, I agree. And Rival, okay, Dark Knight also says, to get that adrenaline going up on stage, he's right. That if That's what it's all about. He also says, yep, that sounds like the rock star life. Rival says, not us, Mark, right? We're edge kids. Uh, yeah, we're edge kids. I, 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 um, I, uh, I ate some broccoli. Right before the show, so it helps me calm my nerves. So, yeah, we're edge kids there. No, man. So, so you know, and 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 what you're saying that that's perfect. You know, you know. So, you know, we got a little history of of, of you know Bonnie Sancher. You know, y'all are Florida boys, right? All y'all. Yeah. You know, and I will say actually this. no, no, you know our our uh, bass player because he was a full face down. He's from Jersey. He just moved to Florida last year. Oh, so he's crusty. And, he's crusty. Oh yeah, he's Jersey as fuck. Dude. <laughs> he's, Jersey. he's the funniest. <laughs> He's the funniest motherfucker in the world. Ever, I feel like every friend I have that lives in Jersey, I'm like, you're my favorite. <laughs> they're, they're just all, they always say, like, just the most awesome fucked up shit. So sick. Damn, Jersey's Canada, Florida. So, and, and, and go in there, okay? So, majority of y'all are Florida boys. I know you're a Florida boy. So, getting there, yeah. you know, what, what... I know we touched base this at the beginning. It was just a little bit, but now I really want to get in depth into it. So with that being said, what what was like what made you like fall in love with music? Cuz you know, music is it, it's 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 all around you, it's taught. Like I know for me, you know, I know what got me into music. Like what was you what what sent little Chris on this journey to where almost 35-year-old Chris is? No, like what set that? Uh, when I was really young, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh my God! I I mean, I thought Stevie Ray Vaughan was the baddest motherfucker in the world. I mean, he still is. Like, like you can go back and listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan songs. 
Nobody fucking crushed shit like he did. You bro, know what I mean? Bro, that fucking Texas flood, I put Jack Daniels and cocaine in my coffee, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. And then, and then, um, so when I was younger, when I was probably, this had to have been elementary school because my parents were still together. Uh, so my mom is like a saint, right? And, um, there's this dude that used to work construction for my dad when my parents were still together. So I had to have been like eight. Um, anyways, he was like in his twenties at the time. And he was like, this dude, super long haired, like undershave and like <laughs> always wore these cut off Pantera shirts. And my mom brought this dude into our house and let him live with us because he was like, like getting off drugs and like, she was trying to like help him be, you know, recover and yeah. uh, his name his name was Jimbo, and Jimbo showed me Pantera, and Pantera changed everything for me. To Pantera, and, Pantera is here in Texas, as you know. This oh yeah, this is this is fucking Pantera County, buddy. Dude, we so we watched the Pantera DVDs at your house like eighty five times. I feel like fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> like like it doesn't get it doesn't get any better than that, bro. It's it's fucking. But like, um. Yeah, dude, Pantera was like, and then once I heard Pantera, bands like, right, very soon after I heard Pantera, bands like Korn started popping up, and Seven Dust, and, and then I just, uh, I just got into this, like, you know, heavier style of music that my parents were not into, (laughs) and then, uh, that evolved into finding more underground stuff. You know what I mean? Like you know, I was in seventh grade listening to Hatebreed. You know what I mean? I was in seventh grade listening to fucking Embodiment and and Living Sacrifice and Zayo and like there was like all these like Christian hardcore or like metalcore yeah. bands that I had gotten into, and um, and then. Yeah, I just got into all this other stuff that I found bands that were like that. That it's just so weird that I found the Christian version of these bands, even though I'm not religious. Yeah, I found these bands and I thought these bands were so fucking sick. And then, you know, and then I get it. I got into bands like, you know, until the end and where Fear and Weapons meet, and then Walls of Jericho, and you know, all those bands are still bands I listen to weekly. You know. So, so two things real quick. I'm catching up with Chuck. Dark Knight says, as a Pantera fan, how do you like that lineup with Zach Wilde, or should they just have let it die? Um, actually, for the past fucking 20 years, I've been saying that they should do a tour with Zach Wilde, and the fact that they got Zach Wilde, I am stoked to see them play. Really? Have a- I'm actually... I'm actually excited to see them play. Yeah, and cause they are, they're playing, uh, we're playing Blue Ridge this year, and, and Pantera's playing Blue Ridge, so I'm definitely going to watch them. Because I never, I never got a chance to, to see them, you know, and Vinny Paul was like, I remember, so <clears throat> one of the first, like, memories of me practicing drums a lot when I was younger was I remember having a dream that Vinny Paul was on my street and he stopped his truck and was like, Hey brother, you want to come in, play some drums? And I was like, fuck yeah. And, uh, you know, I know it's not the same, but I still need to fucking see Pantera. I don't give a fuck. Like I still need to see it. And I, and I like 
that Zach Wilde is the one that's playing guitar. You know what? You bring that up, and I will say this. Uh, one of the best shows I've ever been to, I was in eighth grade. It was fucking Pantera and fucking Rob Zombie. Holy fuck. And Rob Zombie was the, sh- you know, I was like, okay, cool. Because, see, I was, so I was a, a punk rock kid skateboarding and mm-hmm. then i got into metal because of you know other stuff and i remember seeing that and when i saw pantera play and it was during the far beyond driven days and i saw mm-hmm. like a, a fucking mosh pit i was like what that's the most brutal pit fucking crowd killing fuck that is the brutalest bit i've ever seen in my life and it's like some of the largest crowds like in history for a single band to draw you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, I get it. I get the fact that, you know, some people don't want to support it. You know, Phil's done some fucked up shit. I, I, won't, yeah. I won't say that he hasn't done or said a bunch of fucked up shit that I strongly disagree with. But, like, imagine, imagine being the biggest band in the world, not playing a show for 20 years, and still being the biggest band in the world. <laughs> that, that, that... That, that that's crazy, right? It's fucking nuts. So and and then I know you talked beginning, you recap on it. You know, you talked about, you know, being a bassist. Um when did it click like, hey, I'm meant to be a drummer and I'm gonna go with this fucking balls to the wall? Um, actually never. I've honestly never really sat down and practiced. <laughs> <laughs> You just, it's just, you just, it's everything. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, the dude from the, what is it? The fucking wedding singer self taught. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so like, I don't, I don't even know how I got here. Honestly. Um, a lot of being poor and, and playing shows, I guess, got me here. But like, um, yeah, I don't know, dude. I just like, and my brother needed a drummer. I started playing drums, and then I got better. But I never really, like, like asked me to do a rudiment right now, and I'm like, let's just laugh. I can't do that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do paradiddles around the kit. You're fucking crazy. <laughs> just but, do straights. <laughs> but, but but the the thing is, 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 but you still play the drums like, like you do know all that. And, and then, yeah, yeah. And then I think, you know, and, and I agree, because going that, is I play guitars, you know, but I was never a fucking shredder, but I can write yeah. a song. I have friends yeah, that can same. tell me, oh, I got, oh, that's in fifths and sixths and da-da-da-da, and I was like, huh? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you mean, you know what I mean? I, I like, I can't play guitar really good, but I can still, I can still write a full song with guitar and everything, you know? <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then I think I, one of my best friends said it best. It doesn't matter if you shred or not. If you can write a song and people like it, then guess what? You're a musician. You're an artist. And honestly, I feel like it's harder to write a song that's catchy and memorable than it is to write a song that's extremely difficult to play. Very. Yes, yes. Yes, it's really hard to play a song that's difficult to play. But a lot of people that that are shredders like that can't write parts that are memorable to the masses you know and and, and that's true and a lot of people i know that are shredders can't write a song for shit their whole song is like 
better than everyone's because yeah, yeah when you go to a show unless you're like fucking between the bear to me or like these like prog bands where yeah their fans are snobs a lot of people uh are just like i just want to move bored. i want to move yeah and yeah and going back to what you're saying that's what i like y'all i tell people like for example bustos our, our singer my friend he goes man you know what i like about body snatchers like what he's like it's like they take beat down and then they take like death chorus like with the blast and they just fucking mix it and he's like you can mosh on the whole song and then you can headbang and then you can yeah. mosh back and yeah, that, yeah. And, and, and and that's perfect like what you're saying it, it gives because i mean how many times have you, you don't want people to be bored while they're watching you play live you know what i mean you never want there to be a, a spot where everyone's just like they don't know what to do you know like you you want you want everything to have a reaction that's like physical in a sense you know no i agree and you know with with also that things change styles change things change um you being in the scene this long for 14 and now going 35 uh how has the scene changed from now to when you first got into it uh and you can and, and 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 the one thing about this show, and we are on Twitch. Twitch, I just I tell all the guests that we come on there. Twitch does have guidelines, but they're pretty. You know, we're good. But you yeah, can, yeah. But you can go all out. You can hash all out. This show yeah, is, yeah. is very so. Go ahead. You know. Um, I mean, really, I feel like every ten years it does the same exact circle. I got you. I got you. You know, it's like there's 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 this constant rotation of here's a spike in the scene with all these new people and all these new people start going to shows and they love this genre of music and then they niche down and niche down and niche down and then they only like this genre of music and then they're going to gatekeep that that's genre of music for this amount of years and then they're done going to shows and then a new wave starts coming in you know what i mean and it's broad broad narrow narrow in a circle and then it broadens up and narrows down again and that's just like it's just like a constant rotation and then um i guess from from when i was younger i mean i i don't know i i feel like violence at shows was much more accepted than it is now you know <laughs> shows shows now they're not scary you know what i mean like i i never go to a show and i'm like i fear for my life you know and like when i used to go to shows when i was younger i feared for my fucking life and 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 it was everything was so aggressive and and you were scared but that that adrenaline that you got going to those shows and being scared is what made us all go to those shows yep and we we all had we all had fucked up lives and and fucked up shit that we were going through and that those shows were our escape and now it's not like that anymore if you go to a show and you're violent now everyone gets fucking pissed off at you and it's fucking dumb like they get mad and then and then now you bring that up both being in the scene what you said is you got into this music you love it you can relate you can relate to the lyrics you're having a bad day you're angry you have angst whatever that music helps you take out that frustration and going to that show helps you mm -hmm. take out that frustration and i and, and i i will remember something 
that sticks in me in my head forever. And it's from the dumbest person I know, but I love him. And he told me to send in the, is Jared, who always says, <laughs> there's some, uh, violence is not always the best thing to do, but violence is always the solution. A hundred percent true. And he was like, <laughs> when, still true to this day. when you go to a show, <laughs> that's what you see. You mosh. And I think now what you were saying is, I remember back in the day, like you were saying, you go to a show. I know if I went there, I'm going to, if I'm not, if I'm not moshing, if I'm sitting there, I'm going to get crowd killed. I've been kicked. I've been punched in the face. But you know what? That was part of the show. I knew that was, was going like, to happen when I went. You get in fights all the time and shit. And like, there's never been one time. Like, I've been fucking jumped. You know what I mean? It's never been one time where, like, I got jumped and I was like, I'm going to go to the cops. Like, you fucking pussy. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. Like, no, like, like, because that, that, that was part of the show. You know? Yeah, you knew that was coming. You know what I mean? If you're gonna go in there and act like a big tough guy, you better you better be willing to get beat up, just in case. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and and then and then and then some. And it's like it's not even that. It's like it's the kids are like you know these shows are for people to let their shit out. If somebody's coming up and they're moshing hard as fuck, I am so about it. I'm never gonna fucking say a goddamn word or do anything or any. Or you know what I mean? You can't. You can't like. You have to you have to be willing to accept that. You know what I mean? Like if somebody's moshing, they hit you. Let it happen. Don't try and fight that person. No, I, yeah, and and I think that's the thing. Because then sometimes you're trying to fight someone, then then you're gonna have to fight like twenty people, and that's not gonna turn out well either. You know? Yeah. You know, and 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 with that also too, man. It's it, 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 like you said. So many things come. So many things are there. You know. Um. You know. You said things have changed. Oh, by the way, this is this is rival. This is the man behind our whole show. This is what up? I'm, I'm taking Millie's spot, and uh, he sent me the questions and stuff. So okay, yeah. Oh, cool. So go go ahead, rival. You can go ahead and jump in. Uh, I did. Uh, I literally have his list of, of questions. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and uh, go go ahead. And if, if oh, you already asked somebody, uh, can backtrack on that. Uh, I think I'm about to steal the next question because uh, right. I see the question that was just asked. Okay. And it, it's actually this question. I'm glad I jumped in when I did because I did have a question to ask uh, cool. as well. Uh, so the question I have from Millie is what are some of the struggles you face being in a band as far as personal life and other things? Uh, and I'm going to add on to that as well. Being in the scene, uh, I'm sure you talk about the ebbs and flows of the scene that everybody comes into and we held, there's a, a, a memorial show going on in San Antonio here in the next, you know, like few, few days, I believe for Josh, uh, how has the scene evolving and seeing friends pass away? How has that affected you, especially being in a band as big as yours, you've toured everywhere, so I'm sure you have a broader fan, like a, a broader friend range than, say, just me myself. And I know friends dying in this scene has really affected me personally. Uh, how has that uh, affected you? Um, it's been huge, actually. My my brother just passed in April, and he's the one who got me into playing music. Uh, so my condolences. Uh, my brother passed away as well years yeah. ago so yeah so uh and you know 
almost every time you see something shared on metal injection or something like that of somebody in a band that's died they they are a friend or an acquaintance of of me you know so it's uh it's wild man and i get it it's uh it's it's definitely a lot harder than people think it is you know um some people some people are definitely built for it more than others but um when you want to do something so bad that nothing else matters it's um it's just uh I don't know it's hard you literally will 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 do will try and do anything you know like i've spent years of my life sleeping on friends couches making zero money in between tours you know there was probably a good like when i when i first met met uh medita i was fucking i was i was living on my friend's couches probably a good four years you know and it was just like waiting for the next tour to pop to to come in line and and you do get depressed because like somebody like me i i mean now i've been fortunate enough to do the studio thing but we, before i i started doing the studio i i literally didn't make any money at all but the only thing that i knew how to do was play shows you know i definitely have other things that i can do but it's nothing that i want to do you know and i'm not going to spend the only life that i have doing something that i don't want to do that so, is true. That's true, man. That's very true. Yeah. So I, I don't know. You see, like, I don't know, COVID fucked a lot of people up because the one thing that makes them not depressed was taken away from them for in our minds at the time indefinitely. You know what I mean? Like at first, it was like you know all of our managers were telling us like, oh, it's gonna be like a month. You know, and everyone's like, oh, thank God, I get to be home for a month. You know what I mean? And then. <laughs> And then they're like, oh, it's going to be two months. And we're like, oh, get to be home for two months. Hell yeah, you know? And then it's like, hey, guys, this might be something a little longer. And then six months roll by, and you're like, the fuck do I do? You know what I mean? Like, like I could write music. I could put music out, which we were doing. But couldn't fucking play shows. Like, what the f- Like, I don't know. It was, it was, It was insane. And then a year goes by, and then almost two years goes by and it was just yeah it was it was nuts and the music scene lost a lot of people over that time period so so with with all that and 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 talking about the struggles and losing people and, and all that stuff um to still stay with that do you see the scene really rattle around when a comrade ha- ha- has gone away like i'll say what cody's saying there there's a there's a uh, a guy here josh that passed away a few weeks ago i didn't know him really well but i met him a few times great uh-huh. musician he fucking supported everybody and you see him pass and they doing a show for his benefit it went from like what cody it went from like three or four bands there's like fucking twenty bands, and it's like yeah, selling out. Huge, it's huge. You know what I mean? So I have, mean, have you seen that? Oh yeah, definitely. It definitely brings everyone in the scene together, and 
it's great that the scene comes together, but it's also sad that it takes something like that sometimes to bring a scene together. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's definitely sad when stuff like that happens, but it is cool to see the camaraderie that comes that to comes. help. You so, know? And then also, so, you know, you talk about you got recording now. You said, oh, I have the recording now. You know, I see you in your space. Um, on the recording, like, what made you make that jump, to, you know, to, to, to own a studio, learn how to be an engineer? Like, what said, hey, you know what? I'm going to learn how to run a studio. Like, what, what made that? Um, so whenever King Conquer kind of stopped touring for a while, um, basically the whole reason I stopped touring with King Conquer is because I got uh, – I, I, I grew up – I grew up really poor, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I, I never had any money. And I got a job offer to play drums for a cover band, and they were going to pay me what they did, and it was still really nice. They paid me $700 a week cash, and uh, I had to play five nights a week. So an hour, three hours of my time, five nights a week, I got paid 700 bucks a week. And um, so I stopped touring for a while, but I had all this fucking spare time on my hands, and it was like, I didn't have to be to the places to play until like 9 p.m., you know? So it's like I had all day, every day. And I was like, I'm going to pick up trying to record stuff because it's always something that I kind of wanted to try and do. And um, yeah, so over that time, it was just like from like 2013 and 2015, I just like, I started learning how to track myself and edit stuff and then learned how to mix and. Yeah, then I just started working with bands, and that became, uh, I don't know, it got it got really out of hand really quick. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was like, once I started working with bands, I started putting stuff out. Like after a year, I was I, I was booked for six months in advance for like three years after that. Holy shit! Are you yeah. Uh, two two part question to add on. Uh, what would you say grand total time it take you it took you to learn? how to put out something high quality and what's the biggest band in your opinion that you've recorded in your own studio? Um, amount of time, dude. I mean, even now to this day, from the morning I wake up to the time I go to bed, I'm caught. My brain is on fucking a thousand miles an hour. Like, um, during from like those first three years or so, like 2013, 20, I'd say, uh, yeah, probably around 2016, I started working with with another dude, and that's when I really started picking things up. But um, I'd say, like, the year of 2015, I was just in, like, this crazy... Uh, I don't even know how to put it. Like, I was waking up at 5 a.m. every day, I'd go straight to the studio with my coffee and I, 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 I did these like programs basically that were like on online schooling, but it wasn't online schooling. I don't know. It was like specifically for metal producing. And I learned how to track and edit before I learned how to mix because there were so many things that I thought were wrong with other albums that were like, I was like, man, that, that doesn't sound like it was played right. Or I feel like, this part was edited wrong, you know? So like I did all these like tracking and editing courses and figured out how to do all that. And I would spend, I'd get up at 5am. I'd do that. I'd go to the gym. 
I'd come home, I'd keep doing that until 9 p.m. when I had to go play drums, and then I'd play drums till like 2 a.m., and I'd come home again, and, and it sucked. And I did this for about a year straight, and I was just in this crazy grind mode, and uh, yeah, I learned it all extremely fast. And then I started working with a dude. We ran a studio in a house together, and we worked with like we worked with bands like Infant Annihilator, Rings of Saturn, um, uh, and at the time those bands were fucking huge, you know. And then a bunch of shit happened with that kid, and I had to kick him out of my house. And then I ended up starting my own studio in 2018, and yeah, I've been working with tons of bands in the scene, like Eight Traders. Body Snatcher. I did. I did uh, basically every Body Snatcher record from the time before I was in the band up until now, and um, I did the the newest annotations of an autopsy record. Oh wow! Um, um, what else? I work with bands every single like right now. I'm I'm booked and until the day i leave for tour i've I've declined lots of work (laughs) no and and that's and that's good to get that and what's crazy just to let you know is so the engineer that is or my he's my friend who's kind of did what you did he learned everything on his own he got into it and he's recording all the new buoy stuff he's working he's working with the machine and he even told me he goes that's awesome he goes i know your friend chris he's like how his name's Kevin. He goes, I recorded a band here in San Antonio, and I sent him the mixes so he can, uh, I sent him the rough so he can mix his master. His name is oh, Kevin. Dang. His name is Kevin Carestes, and he said he 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 did some stuff. He's like, yeah, bro, like they he wanted sent, him to sent do me it. files before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So, you know what I mean? So, like, you're out there. You're out there grinding, man. That That's that's yeah. um that's awesome. And then I'm pretty sure you save a lot of money, too, right? Like, do recording it yourself versus uh yeah this last record because since we just signed a new label we had like a really good uh budget and my recording costs i do charge the band to do the records you know what i mean because i i am doing the work but what we get for each record is nowhere is uh what i charge for a record is nowhere near what we get to record a record so all the extra money we like put into our live show basically like bought uh, like set up our whole in-ear system and stuff like that smart yeah That's next good. record though i'm i want to try and get the band to go uh to a separate producer though i want to i want to step away from the next record and just have another producer do the next one anyone asked that before cody jumps in on his next question who, before Cody jumps on the next question, who is an engineer or producer that you really want to work with? Will Putney. Man, Will. Will, the, I, 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 it's funny because I remember. Because Will was working for Machine back in the day. Yeah, I remember yeah. when he did the uh, the first Upon album. Yeah. And uh, yep. and uh, that's 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 awesome. I'm glad you yep. glad you have that. I, uh, I do have a, a quick simple question uh yeah. and uh you mentioned a pawn dub of course upon uh fucking danny and ruben said fuck it and they went out and bought their own t-shirt press 
those two make all their merch. They they try and be completely DIY. Now that you do your studio and the band goes through you, are y'all going to try and do complete DIY merch as well? Is is there an avenue for that? I would fucking love to do that because every merch company ever fucks something up at some point. Like every time we order something, something's fucked up. You know, like every time and like our online store, you know. A lot of kids order stuff online and they think like we're the ones packaging it and stuff. I'm like, dude, that shit's in fucking Massachusetts. I don't fucking I haven't even seen that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and uh and like you know, every time we do an online merch drop, something's fucked up. Like somebody gets sent a small instead of a large or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like out of thousands of orders, shit, shit, shit. Yeah. But as far as tour merch goes, I would love to. I just don't think that we would have the ability to do the quantity that we need. You know what I mean? Like sometimes when we order merch before a tour, we're ordering $40,000 worth of shirts. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, like, I gotcha. if we were to do, it would take, it would take us months to do that with, with two, two screens, you know, like, and uh, it's just, I, I would love to, cause we'd probably make so much more money, but um having the convenience i feel like it's kind of worth it <laughs> gotcha you know and then and, and that what you just said you know i'm gonna catch up on chat real quick deputy master came in here he says will is the goat from what i know he said that's fucking awesome hayden came in here and said god i miss hearing cody's voice so cody right <laughs> you are missed okay uh dark knight <laughs> says dyi is awesome uh True, you got to have the tools and the resources and the products to make an order that big. Is what and it's like it's it's. I mean, I don't. I've never looked it up, but it, but like all the all the ink for the screen presses and like all the extra screens can't be too cheap either. You know, like I'm. I, I also have no idea, but I feel like if there's like a whole warehouse, like a whole factory doing the merch they can get more stuff done cheaper than I could with two screen machines. You know? I get that. Cody, anything else? I know you have a few. We're almost done. We're almost coming We're almost coming up on the closing mark. We've got a few more questions, and then we will say our final, uh, our recap, and then uh, we'll go on our way. Uh, I'll go with, out of all the tours that you've been on, what tour is near and dear to you? And I'm going to add to to that question. Not only you going on tour, but what tour have you been to and seen that sticks out in your head That's a good one. Uh, that you were not a part of? One that I was not a part of. There's there's two shows, and it's so weird because it's bands that are not like my band at all. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna name three shows. Um. Between the Bury Me Colors original CD release tour. Great fucking album, by the way. One of my favorite. I still think that that's one of the best written albums ever made, like compared to Pink Floyd's The Wall. I always I always compare that album to Colors. Um, and then, so that tour, amazing. They played the entire Colors album front to back, and then they played some stuff off Silent Circus right after that. Um, then 
I would say my one of my another favorite show that I went to was I was at fuck. I'm just I, there's so many more shows are popping in my head now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was at a uh, I was at Warp Tour 2017, and it was uh, in Orlando. There's this uh, there was a, a venue there called Soundbar. Used to be called Back Booth way back in the day, and um, anyways, so Beartooth was playing Warp Tour, and they're like, "Hey, tomorrow surprise show at Soundbar. Soundbar is like a three hundred cap venue, so it's like a tiny venue." And got tickets. Beartooth and Silverstein played in this little, little tiny room, and it was just like packed to the brim. It was one of the most fun shows I've ever been to. And then, way off the wall, there's an electronic artist called Grizz. And Grizz is kind of like a funk electronic artist. And sometimes he does tours where it's Grizz live band. And he's got like 30 people on stage. Everything is played with a live instrument. And it's basically just like this crazy funk band live. And... I would say that it, that was probably the wildest uh, performance that I've ever seen by any band ever. And then, okay, so my my tours now. Uh, I mean, I'd ha- I have to go with the Hatebreed tour. Honestly, the Hatebreed tour is just like getting to watch Hatebreed every night and just them being one of my favorite bands growing up was just insane. And then. Uh, on top of that, our last headliner, we had no idea what to expect. It was, you know, we were bringing out kind of newer bands with us that, you know, we didn't really know how it was going to do. And there ended up being multiple sold out shows. And it was like our first, like, real headliner that had packed crowds. And it was just like, it's just a surreal feeling every night. And, and, and with that, talking about, your real headlining show okay as some of as some of you everyone in the chat may not know um i'll i really didn't touch on it too much i'm because you know today's show was about our guests but i'll just recap real quick i met chris in about 2007 he was in a band called king conquer they played here in san antonio you dragged me to that show because i didn't even want to go at first <laughs> and <laughs> i went with you yes because we all live with each other and uh we were like damn this fucking band's so good well, they had tour issues because, see, back in those days, you booked through. Uh, I know we have some young people. Hayden, you're in here. You're young. Hayden, by the way, Hayden's in here. Um, so, huh. if the you, young Buck King, the the young oh. Buck King, the the little high schooler. Um, we did everything through MySpace back in those days. You know, I didn't remember that. You you hey, you got on MySpace. You you booked everything through MySpace. Yeah, yeah. You, we would we would find promoters and we'd message the promoters and book entire like we booked we booked a month long tour basically. You know and, what I mean? All through MySpace. And then, yeah. And then I remember you guys had like a uh, shows. I said, hey, y- y'all can come stay the night because that's just how we were. And uh, you know, I know you guys. A lot of shows got canceled. And for everyone in the chat, they stayed with us for like a week at, yeah. my, at my apartment. Yeah. And we literally just <laughs> listened to heavy music, got fucked up, 
and party. And ate Mama Margie's. And, and ate Mama Margie's for, for an entire <laughs> week. That's why when Chris comes into town, he's got to have Mama Margie's. And, yeah. with, and with that, and I'm getting at is, is besides the crowd and besides, I guess, the stage performance, is there a, is there really, for the people watching the show, is there a really big difference from headlining from King Conquer and then headlining the Body Snatcher? I'm pretty sure there is, but just so they can get a perspective, like what is the big difference? Um, it's so much different for me now like i mean it is like the first tour i do a body snatcher was like i was like this shit is easy dude i was like you guys don't have to fucking deal with nothing <laughs> like you know king conquer i was like sleeping in the driver's seat every night like we didn't know if the band was gonna make it to the next show at, at any day you know and uh king conquer was rough dude we had we never spent more than two thousand dollars on a van you know, we just didn't have enough money. And I don't know. It's, uh, that shit was fucking rough, dude. Uh, now it's like, it's definitely easier now. One, because I feel like a lot of people in the underground scene, promoters included, have gotten their shit together back in the day you didn't like whether it was on contract or not you didn't know if you were getting fucking paid or not you know like most of the time you have a door deal and they would lie to you about how many tickets were sold and you get 50 bucks you know so now it's like we have a guarantee we're working with promoters that have been doing it for a long time so you know we know we're getting paid every night merch sales now compared to back then are just you know, back then the country was in such a bad recession that nobody had any money to buy merch. And now it's like kids just buy all the merch on the table as a hobby. So it's it's uh it's definitely way different now. You it's it's way less stressful now than it than it used to be, at least for, for in our position right now. When in twenty eighteen when we did our the first tour with me, we weren't like we were able to come home with like a couple hundred bucks each, you know what I mean? But like now, if we do a headline tour, you know, we can pay our bills for five, six months, you know? So it's definitely changed massively in that perspective. So with that being said, also, do you guys, is there like, is there like a hierarchy in the band? Like does one person handle all the business? Do you guys have a TM? Like how does that all work? You know what I mean? On tour, so we started in, I think, I think it was near the end of 2018, we started bringing our friend DJ on tour with us as a merch guy. And we kind of like showed him the ropes. He picked it up really quick. And I was TMing at the time just because, you know, I've had the most experience on the road. And and then DJ was uh, like, real hey, quick, TMing is a tour managing for those that don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, so DJ was like, Hey, I'd like to start learning how to tour manage. And basically what a tour manager does, if you're, I'll do it as if we are headlining, cause that more entails if you're headlining. So if you're headlining tour manager has to advance all the shows with the promoters ahead of time before tour starts. So he has to let them know what the run of show is. So, you know, what time doors need to open, what time the local goes on. You know, 
how long each band gets for a set in order for the headliner to go on by 9.30 or whatever, you know? And so yeah, you have to do that with every venue and have them go over the contract. Um, basically, every contract that a promoter agrees on is slightly different depending on what that promoter agreed on. And, you know, so say if they sell over a certain amount of tickets, then you can get a certain percentage of the door after that many tickets are sold. So no matter what, if we have a guarantee of, let's say we have a guarantee of a thousand dollars, you know, if we sell over 300 tickets then we get 30% of, of after those 300 tickets, you know, we get 30% of the, the ticket sales after 300. So you have to be on top of ticket counts and making sure people are on the shit so that you can get that extra back end money and stuff like that. And, you know, you're also in charge of telling the other bands on tour what time they need to be there, how long the drives are, blah, blah, blah. There's a, a lot that goes into it. Um, so over the course of a year or so, I was I taught DJ how to do all of that. Now for the past two years, DJ has been our tour manager. I no longer have to worry or think about anything. He tells us when we have to be at the venue every day. He tells us you know, what time meet and greet is or what time sets are like everything we need to be aware of for that day. And, uh, it's, it's released a lot of stress off my back since he started doing that. Oh yeah, definitely. And just so everyone in the chat knows what he's talking about is my only little claim to fame is when I used to work as a TM for artery, you know, I did that started mm -hmm. off with the pond mm -hmm. and then I ended up with Attila and like motionless and white and other bands like that and i will say this yeah. tming fucking sucks it is one of the most stressful jobs it is the most stressful job on tour it yes. fucking sucks when i have when your phone's blowing up with hey you uh you got those scantrons i need those scantrons i need those scantrons yeah i i, I, I like and scantrons is just so the chat knows that is how they keep track of the record sales of what they're selling and i'm pretty sure is it different now with the digital age or now they do um the fuck is the app called uh uh, uh is it sound scan uh yeah sound scan sound scans because it because oh, what's this there's a thing they do uh a lot of people do merch through it uh, we don't fucking use that shit we just use square you know what i'm messing um, up and i'm messing up real quick while you're thinking it it was scantrons with sound scans. That's what we used to have to do. Yeah, they keep the record sales. But yeah, now honestly, I don't, I don't even know how we fucking keep track of that shit. That's a DJ question. It's no longer in my hands anymore. <laughs> no, and it sucks. I I remember sitting there. What's up? Okay, hey y'all. Uh, okay, damn. All right, all right. Yeah, uh, shows here. Your time. Okay, we have to go here. You got a photo shoot here. All right, then yeah. we have to go do this music video over here. Okay, then we have to you have to go here. You got a meet and greet over here. Okay, boom boom. Dude, there <laughs> was there was one tour we literally so we were like playing a show. We had we had a sold out show in Brooklyn, right? We had to get to New Jersey the night before because we had to shoot a music video before the show. And so we had to get to the music video spot at like eleven AM, but we also had to be in Brooklyn by two thirty. And then we had to get, we were shooting a live music video at the show in Brooklyn. And then we shot a third music video after the show. 
So, so within like within 24 hours, we were doing three music videos in three different locations in one of the most busy areas in the country. Man, that is, and 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 that's what I'm saying is, you know. Like, I'm trying not to bring my own stuff in here because I said it's about you, but I'm relating to what you're saying is when I was able to work in the business, that's when I really got to realize, like, fuck. Fucking these bands that are signed, there's, like, there's a lot of shit that, you know, because people don't see. You go to the show, you see the band, you don't see, like you said, the little things between this show yeah. at point A and this show, in, at, at, this show at point B. There's a lot of shit in between that you're not seeing. I know. Everyone's like, oh, this show's three hours away. I'm like, motherfucker, I just drove eight last night. Like, <laughs> and I have to be at the venue at one o'clock every day. You know what I mean? And I don't get to leave until 1 a.m. And then if we have an eight-hour drive, that means no stopping, pal. You know what I mean? It's like that van is moving till we get to the venue, and it sucks. <laughs> we're we're going to go straight there and I think one thing that sucks that we can all agree on is uh like I said I don't know if they're still doing it but are they still doing the uh 10% merch cut at a show still? Um so yes, but we have kind of gotten a little bit of a loophole on our headliner that we have coming up. Um so our booking agent, we have dude, we have the best booking agent in the world. I love him so much, Jonathan Wilson. He's the man. Um Anyways, now basically he's gotten it down to ten percent because a lot of venues were doing fifteen twenty. Holy shit! Um, oh yeah, it's been fifteen for years now, and then a lot of venues, bigger venues, are we're starting to do twenty percent, which everyone fucking lies. You know, what I mean? it doesn't fucking matter. We have we have we solve our shit through through Square. We can make a fake square report that can be refreshable and everything. So, like, we'll refresh the page and it says we sold four hundred dollars or something. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> we we lie to those motherfuckers every day. But on this tour we have coming up, our booking agent put it in the contract to where it was either zero percent. We would pay up to ten percent depending on on the venue. If they wouldn't take that. We do fifteen percent, but if the show sells out, they have to waive all merch fees. Damn, yeah, that's and, and we have fifteen sold out shows right now, so suck my fucking dick. <laughs> that's what I'm fucking talking. About. <laughs> see, that's see, man. So, you and said, not only not only is that good for us, that's good for every single fucking band that's on the tour with us. You know what I mean? Like, we don't want any of these opening bands to to be paying out merch especially band number one you know what i mean band number one's getting paid the least amount of money and if they do really well in merch i don't want them having to pay out a thousand bucks at the end of the night you know what i mean like that's 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 a lot of money so oh shit so it's for the whole tour the whole tour that the, the, there's no merch percents for the whole for, for so that if, venue. If, if we sell a venue out they don't take a merch cut from anybody and that right there is why you are the fucking goat, Chris. You you guys. No, that's that, why our booking agent. Your booking agent is the goat. He's the goat. And that's awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go ahead, Cody. I, I got two quick questions. Uh, one, now that you know the landscape has kind of changed, uh, everything is so digital now. Do you find yourself making less physical CDs to sell than than making more shirts, 
or are you still making the same physicals to take out on tour with? And what is the craziest guarantee that you have seen from other bands? Because back when I used to throw shows, certain bands I wouldn't even try and bring because when I would ask what their guarantee is, you get some off the wall shit from some guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we still bring the same, you know, we'll bring 400 CDs on tour with us. You know, we'll normally sell through all of them. Um, the vinyls have been selling really well. I feel like our copy albums sell better on tour than they do online. So we still, we still try and bring a good amount with us. We, you definitely do sell more shirts and stuff than anything. And that's where you make most of your money because the profit margin on, on, soft goods is is a little bit more than the profit margin on cds is like we we still have to physically buy uh, uh we have to buy our own cds and vinyls to bring on tour with us mm. so we like we don't just get them we can't get those fronted to us basically so if, we, if we're leaving on tour we have to have enough money to physically buy cds at cost to bring with us oh wow um yeah um but we do, you know, it's it's great to have them, and we still we still make a pretty good profit off of them. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like they still sell sell very well. Um, what what was the other part of the question? The craziest guarantee from a band that you oh. toured with? Oh, I, I'm I'm not sure what Hate Breeds was, but I know it was I know it was up there for sure. But those shows were huge. Um, what what like let's say. Give me like a, a size band. Uh, let's I know see. A lot, a lot of people I don't, booked... don't like to talk about this, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> so when I booked uh, Alicia, Arsonist, Get All the Girls, and Knights of the Abyss, wow, uh, they wanted this. This, of course, if you know those bands, this is way back in the day. Oh yeah, that was two grand to bring them food, and they wanted me to book their hotel room. And I was like, That's dude, I'll do food, and I'll do, like, 1500 I ain't booking y'all a fucking hotel room. And, and they agreed to it. They accepted the counter, but, man, for I'm, I live in little-ass Victoria, Texas. I'm not even yeah, in San yeah. Antonio. So to, to well, bring them to Victoria was huge, but to front that kind of shit to bring them I was... think I think the guarantee for, let's see. <laughs> it's it's such a such a honestly touchy subject, and you don't even have to but, say um, the band's name. You don't have to say the band's name too. Yeah, yeah, no, you don't no, have to I, say I, the I, band's I, name. So our tour that we have coming up, an average night for the whole package. So that's that's it's it's Angel Maker, Paleface, Distant, and us. So all all foreign bands except for us. An average night for the tour package. That this is split up between all the bands. Well, you know what I mean. So, but but as a whole, I think it's around six grand. That's um, that's pretty fucking. That that's pretty good. Yeah, but that's also that includes like buyout and and catering and stuff like that. So yeah, plus it it's the value of money has gone. Uh, it's like oh three oh four when I book them compared to nowadays. I wouldn't yeah. even want to know what that tour would be nowadays. That tour, I feel like that tour. Well, how many people were they? How many people were they drawing on average on back then? They were probably drawing three hundred, two hundred. Yeah, I, I got about two hundred fifty to three hundred people to come to Little Ass Victoria. 
so so I would say you know three three or four grand it would would have been normal, but back then the cost of shows were also less. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but uh, I know some tours that we've been on. It's been, I mean, on like the bigger tours, I think the package is like twenty five grand, thirty grand. And what's crazy but, is, is just the and we and <laughs> we were we were we were only getting two hundred and fifty. <laughs> <laughs> is that hey bros we're rich we got gas taco <laughs> we got gas money baby gas and taco bell and then you and then yeah. and then what's crazy is is not to go too much into it but you talk about the guarantees and then you have the the merch percentages it's like what's crazy is do you guys have anything or can you have anything to where like okay let's say a venue's like hey we want a percentage of the merch can you guys be like okay well i want a percentage of the bar like, can y'all Hold on one second. Let me let me do some quick math. I want to make sure something <laughs> real yeah, quick. Go ahead, go ahead. By the way, anybody that's okay. Chat, go ahead. On average, our tour is thirty five hundred. On average, not six. Okay. Thirty five hundred on average. But if the show sells out, then we get a, an extra. Because that's off from the back end, right? Off. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Damn, that's um, that's crazy. Um, well, what were you what were you saying now? So like, so 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 like now how how you're talking about you know how can you have it? Like I know some bands do it. Like can you do it to where like, you know what? I want to get some of the bar, you know. Versus- oh, I fucking I, I wish, dude. I I've that's always my uh, whenever people come up and and uh, they try and like, hey, I'm here to collect collect merch rate. I'm always like, oh, cool. I was like, is that your table? And they're like, no. I was like, oh, that's right, that's mine. And then, uh, and then I'm like, is that your tablecloth? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I brought that in here too. And then I'm like, are those your merch racks? And they're like, no. I'm like, oh, those must be mine too. And I'm <laughs> like, yo, did you set up our merch for us? And they're like, no. And I'm like, huh. I'm like you. You have somebody that works at the bar or works at the venue sell our merch for us, and they're like, "No." And then I'm like, "That's weird." And then I'm like, "So why am I giving you any money if you didn't do any of this?" And they're like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "I'm like, what do you mean? What do I mean?" I was like, "The reason people started taking merch cuts is because people at the venues were selling their merch for them. They have merch sellers." That's where you get the percentage from because your merch sellers are doing all of our work for us. You're not doing any of this fucking work, so I'm not giving you any fucking money. You know? And and then they're always like, oh, 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 and they get jumbled up in their words, and then I'm like, here's $15, and then I walk away. Yeah, all that shit for, damn, dude. And it's, and imagine, yeah. and, and, and that's good what you said. Hey, you want to cut in my merch? I want to cut in your bar. You know, and let's say, let's say, Let's say we have, we have a really good merch night or something. Let's, uh... Yeah, so if we do $5,000 in merch, they're making $750 off of us. You know what I mean? Like, fuck that. And not doing anything. Not doing a yeah. fucking thing. From literally, from, from us bringing people into their bar and having people buy their alcohol and show up to their venue buying their tickets... Then they want an extra seven hundred fifty dollars off of us. Bullshit. Plus all the money they're making 
after they pay out for the package and all the money they get. Yeah, it's you no, know, I agree. It's ridiculous. And then also with that, you go from drinking, we'll jump. Since we're almost coming into the mark, you're a healthy guy. You know, you work mm-hmm. out, you know, you you're always talking about running. I know except you, for this thing. Except for that. But you know, <laughs> so how do you balance not eating completely like shit? I know back in the day you used to eat completely like shit on tour and you change oh, it up. Oh dude. Yeah. I still eat like shit okay. on tour. So so how do you balance like working out as someone that, that likes to work out? Like do you bring weights? Like how do you balance that being on tour and then still trying to maintain that somewhat healthy, you know, balance? All right. So back in the day, you know, we used to tour, we used to try and find somebody's house to sleep at every night, you know. Now we don't have time to stay anywhere because we have to be at the venue so early every day. So now Planet Fitness exists. It's a shitty gym, but there's a Planet Fitness every single city you go to and every city in between the cities you're playing. You know what I mean? So we will go to Planet Fitness every single day. After the show, we go to Planet Fitness, we shower, and a lot of times we'll sleep in the Planet Fitness parking lot. I wake up in the morning, go to the gym, shower again, get to the venue, or we'll you know, drive a little bit, go play in a fitness shower, drive the rest of the way, stop at playing a fitness in the city we're playing before the show, work out, play the show, go back, shower. So it's like we can shower every single day and we can work out every single day and it costs us nothing. Oh, you don't want to take hobo showers in Walmart bathrooms anymore? <laughs> no. You fucking I retired? Actually, You've retired that? I, oh, yeah. Now I, I uh, whenever we're whenever we want to we want to really ball out we'll stop at a truck stop and buy a truck stop shower because those showers are always fucking awesome yeah but our band we you know we just did two months and we did not buy a single hotel we did not stay at a single person's house we sleep in our van with our equipment every single night we all have our own sleeping spots in the van that nobody else goes into. So everyone has their own bed section and it's their own spot. So it's not like you're not like laying in somebody else's area. We have everything set up. So it's really comfortable for all of us. We sleep in our van every night, run the AC every night. We shower at Planet Fitness every day, work out every day. And that van is our home for the entire time that we're on tour. Smart. So it also saves us lots of money. Yeah, a lot, a lot. You know, what I mean, and 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 that's good. I'm glad that you, you know, you 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 found that balance. You found everything, and that works good. And with that being said, we are coming to the end of the segment. We are right at the hour and a half mark. We went a little bit longer, but hey, we were flowing. We were vibing. It was good. So we do what's called uh, recap final thoughts. Me and Cody kind of recap everything final thoughts so here it goes my final thoughts is uh speaking with you today uh i've learned a lot and i think the viewers have too you know you you you've grinded your ass off to where you got now and it shows that if you want to do any kind of music career you have to grind like you said you went from booking your shows on you know uh, myspace you know being an opener playing this show doing that show like you there there there's levels to it and you have to grind and it's a grind like you said you started at 14 you're about to be 35 now and look you've had a great career and you're only getting better and bigger 
but after each obstacle that came you never stopped you never said i'm gonna just take it lying down you grind it mm-hmm. and then uh just to speak on it you did say it uh rest his soul your brother adam who i love he's he's like a brother to me like like you are you know you guys became close friends and you know i love the fact that you had someone there to guide you and push you um to that way and i think it's awesome and I'm just glad to see all the success that you have have, and the Body Snatcher boys. And I am so stoked to see what the future has more for y'all. Thank you. Cody? Uh, and, and instead of final thoughts, I'll do some rapid-fire questions with you because I still got a few floating around in my head. Yeah. One, it, is there a push to change your name to Kyle, too? And not not happening it was such an accident too how that happened because like i was just like oh let's get kyle chope because he's a great bass player and i we toured together and we loved each other and i was like oh let's get kyle carter and then like we got everyone in the band i was like oh fuck uh my next quick question is I know with some of the bigger tours, um, I know Head PE just went out on tour and stuff like that. A lot of smaller bands have to do buy-ins. Uh, I think the buy-in for the Head PE was like ten grand. Uh, has Body Snatcher ever had to do a buy-in to get on to a bigger? No, I would never ever do that. <laughs> gotcha. Have you have you been a part of ha- or heard of anything uh, around those lines? I've heard of of band. Well, so we actually were. I won't say what tour what it was. We had we thought that we were on this tour, huge tour, and we were super stoked. And then the headlining band ended up saying, "You know what? We're gonna this other band offered to buy on for fifteen thousand dollars, so we're gonna take them on tour instead." Gotcha. So and if it was you're like a nobody man, just uh, be be prepared to fork out some cash if if you're if you ain't if if you're willing, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my next one, and this is super selfish. Sorry for getting selfish on on this. Um, I am trying to fill this wall up. Uh, you can see the boys from Nothing Lost, uh, the boys from the Pond. I'll sign that. How much do I got to give you to get a show flyer or something? Autograph, so it can go up on. Are you on are you gonna here. are you gonna be at the San Antonio show? I can be. If you guys go to San Antonio, or even if D Dub just goes, I can give him a, a, a tour poster. Fuck yeah! Fucking tour poster. Yeah, San Antonio is only two hours away. I was just there this past weekend. So. Wait, wait, where are you from? Victoria. Victoria. Okay. Well, even if you can't make it, I'll give it to I'll give it to D Dub. Bet that or hell yeah. But- but I think you should uh, tell Jen to let you out for a guy's night because I already got my hall pass with my wife. I'm that, there. Nice. That show's, that show's almost sold out. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm going to get the crazy. tickets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're going to have to get the tickets. Uh, I, 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 got, I got you. I got you. You sexy bastard. Always. <laughs> um, Go ahead, Carrie. You got anything else, Cody? Uh, Not not really. Not Y'all covered like a lot of the questions I had, and I asked the ones that popped into my head. That's good. Well, Chris, it's been a treat. It's been a pleasure as always, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm like I said, I'm glad for all your success. Thank you so much for for being on. 
uh, everyone watching that's been in here. Uh, remember, we do have the Monday shows are now back to Sundays. It's a lot easier. So we'll be back the same time next Sunday at 7 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. We also have the Thursday show, which is Recap Mania, which is everything WrestleMania. If you like wrestling, you like anything, this man right here, Rival himself, uh, Fern, and Nessio Man Randy, Uncle Bob, will be on there as well. We also have the Friday shows with Millie, who his son was having some issues, which is going to be uh, on Fridays. Uh, rest, uh, Recap Mania is 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, the Hidden Dojo is 9 p.m. our time? 8, 8, 8 p.m. our time. And that's all thing Context Sports. And then we also have the infamous, this is Cody's baby, it's only exclusive on YouTube, not Twitch, Brainwashed. If you want to put on your fucking tinfoil hats, you want to go down the rabbit holes, you want to you know, get some cool conspiracies and see stuff you, that's hiding, tune in to Brainwash. Also, to everyone tuning in, I am posting the link right now. If you want to click on this link before we go off, that is to Body Snatcher's latest uh, music video, Value Through Suffering, which has a lot of meaning. Uh, I have had, had a talk with a lot of y'all in the chat that last night about certain stuff, about big issues that's going on with mental illness and hard times. Watch the video. Good song. Good meaning. Good message at the end. Watch it. I also posted the link for Body Snatchers. Uh tour on there so y'all can buy your tickets uh some of y'all that i see one thing i did like that i saw on there i fucking love the venue and it's so i'm so happy for you brother i saw that the palladium it says real big tickets are selling fast get them now oh it's sold out oh my god that's not not the big room but I, I don't the big it, rooms hey, hey, big it, rooms like two thousand hey, cap. Hey, it doesn't matter, okay? It's the fucking palladium. You sold that shit yeah. out. So that's that yeah. that's more so if if you live in Worcester or Mesa, Arizona, you're fucked. All right. Anywhere else, yeah. anywhere else you're good. Again, thank y'all so much. Thank you so uh, much. Real Chris. quick, is there anything that uh you wanna say that we didn't ask or we didn't mention? Is there anything you wanna throw out there? Have you guys got for the Super Bowl? Uh, Mahomes. Mahomes. Oh yeah, you, I, I just, oh, I, you, you got you got Mahomes. I hate it because I fucking hate the Chiefs. I fucking hate the Chiefs. I'm a Chargers fan, but I'm gonna say Mahomes. But I want it to be Joe Burrows. See, I'm a I'm an Eagles fan, and we've just been fucking crushing the fucking world on this. Well, season. guess what? You will love it because we have a lot of people that are part of this show are diehard Cowboys fans. Who? Oh no! <laughs> who the Cowboys right now actually have it as? Uh, did, uh, did back, it, did, no, it's twelve nineteen. Cowboys have the ball on right now on their own. Uh, ten yard line, and there's a uh, 45 seconds left. They have to go the length of the football field. Oh, Cowboys are down. They're down, and they have one timeout only. I mean, Dak could, gonna throw could, a pick. That could it could happen. Dak has been doing shitty. Oh no, he just broke a tackle in the end zone. Oh yeah, he fought. He almost they they almost got a safety on Dak right now. Dang. So yeah. So oh, so, oh yeah. Oh. Dark I, was gonna say Eagles, but now, I, I was going to say Eagles, but now I don't want to. 
Uh, just, <laughs> just to be different. Just to, he's a just Saints to fan. He's a diehard Saints fan. Diehard. Really? Yeah. See, so like Drew Brees. Uh, I, I, I like love Drew, Drew I like, but I like when Drew. we when we signed him and we let Aaron Brooks go, I was pissed because yeah. we were signing Drew off of an injury. So I was just like, "What the fuck are we doing?" He and now I love that. Drew. Yeah, he's is is he still playing? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, he. But uh, Sean Payton, our coach, may come back. I mean, he's fielding offers from other teams, but he's talking about coming back to New Orleans too. So you better get him before the Cowboys try and jump on him. Nah, the Houston Texans are trying. Yeah, I know they are. But uh, yeah, with that being said, I go, got all that going. I got the link. I posted everything in there. Remember, we are on all platforms as well. You can check out the recap of this show, right, funny, on Spotify, Apple Music, iHeart. YouTube, run all platforms. So you can check that out as well. Again, Chris, thank you so much for being there, for being here. And uh, everybody else, thanks for tuning in so much. Uh, <laughs> we just want to say, have fun, have a good night. And everyone, uh, the Cowboys are losing. Y'all take it easy. And Dark Knight, go stars. Go stars. <laughs>